Guys, we've been chatting a lot with the Game Awards, Cyberpunk, all these awesome newer games that have hit the, hit the streets lately. But it feels like maybe we should combine some of our earlier works with some of our new works. So I feel like today, let's discuss retro-inspired games that we like. Retro-inspired games that we like! Today on... Guys, welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. Today today on Press B to Cancel, which is your favorite retro podcast for at least the next 45 minutes, probably. Today, we're going to discuss some cool shit that uh, we've been playing lately that is not exactly old, but it's not exactly new. And it pulls from several of the, you know, the older games that we love to talk about, the Kid Icarus's, the... Uh, Legend of Zelda's, the Dark Souls. Yes, I'm throwing that in there because it's kind of important. And then whatever inspired Jake's because we didn't talk about it. And I have no idea what retro inspired game Jake is going to talk about today. But we got a couple games. Oh, the Slip Circus Charlie in there. Nobody will know the difference. Just slide it in. This is the Circus Charlie. <laughs> Nobody's going to know. Episode. Also, yeah. I'm uh, in America here. We uh, are celebrating the post Thanksgiving feast. And I would like to publicly get on my soapbox right now and say, gentlemen, even though Sinistar and Guy Prime are not here with us at this very moment, I'm thankful for all five of you. So thank you. Yeah, you thought it was going to be bad. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the podcast, and I'm thankful for you, all of you. Yeah, but Thanksgiving was last month. It's not... not well, I guess I'm not thankful you. for Canada, but I'm certainly thankful for Wolf. So... <laughs> Dingus, this guy. Do, well, we, you're not, do you even have Thanksgiving down do you, there? I don't, do I don't you know. have thanks? Do you even have thanks? You have sorries, but do you have thanks? <laughs> are you guys humble down there? I wasn't. I wasn't sure. <laughs> no, is that a we thing are that you guys have? not. We are not humble. <laughs> by not usually. No, <laughs> no. And since the last two or three episodes we've done to press me to cancel have literally been about four hours combined. We're gonna go ahead and just dive right into this bad boy. So, so some of us can get some <laughs> sleep tonight. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. No, it's you not take your, your fault. marshmallows and yams, and you just keep going. It's okay. Don't hey, let man. me stop you. <laughs> what keeps you? What keeps you trugging other than advanced GG? But fucking cranberry sauce from a can. Anywho, I knew that was going to make somebody's face curl. Um, let's go ahead and get this thing fired off. Wolf, how are you tonight, sir? How are you? How are you doing? I'm good. Got nice and full yesterday from Thanksgiving dinner. Time the episode a little bit, and then <laughs> <laughs> the wife made some awesome cheesecake. So, <clears throat> ooh, I might have to take a trip up to your neck of the woods here after <laughs> the episode's done. And Jake, I know you may not have celebrated a four-day weekend, but uh, how are you, sir? How are you doing up there in the I'm doing pretty good. I'm just glad it's Friday, and uh, happy post-Canadian Thursday to everybody here who's watching who celebrates the, the their fine Thursdays every week. That's what we do. Isn't it National Cashew Day, too? Yes, it's also National Cashew Day. Yeah. Where are my we manners? We yeah. busted those nuts out today, so we, we were crunching down on some rosemary cashews today, because just just specifically for that. Specifically this is when I wish that. we had Sinister on the episode, because you know what he would say right about now. Yeah, yeah. cashew. How was that black and chicken you had for dinner? Yeah, how was your? So sure, your. So you can't drop Christmas the inside kid. jokes when people don't know these things. So <laughs> now I gotta say what happened. I hope you're happy. Oh, so here's what happened. Okay, so we're in a rush to make dinner before the kids have swim lessons. So my mother-in-law, she she turns the oven on to 450, preheats that thing up, and it starts smoking. And we just moved into this house, so it's a it's kind of a newish stove. So it's maybe we just thought smoke. it's just burning. It's a new yeah. house smoke. It's burning off something in the stove that we sh should have done a while ago. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's I open fine. the oven door a few times, air up the smoke, open the side door. The smoke alarm might be going off. I don't know. Anyway, we find out why it's smoking after the fact. Is Last night, we had chicken fingers, three small trays of chicken fingers. I got a big family. And somebody had left the tray inside the, the back of the stove and nobody saw it. So I have a blackened charcoal tray of chicken fingers that we can all enjoy on Christmas morning because my kids don't listen. But anyway, that's my, that was does, my dinner. 
Is that what you leave out for Canadian Santa? Black and chicken strips <laughs> and black coffee. Look, man, we don't we don't use oil up here. We're very environmentally conscious. We use chicken coal. That's what we do. Chicken we, coal. We power, power we power all our one outlet in my house with chicken, chicken coal. coal. It's fine. Smells great. <laughs> Smells great. Yeah. Oh shit! All right, tangent tangents aside, guys. Um, let's go ahead and go round robin and discuss our favorite current retro inspired games that we've been playing on either your Steam Deck or your PCs or your Switches or whatever you got them on. Wolf, let's start with you, sir. What uh, what retro inspired game have you been uh, jogging around in right now? All right, so I this is a game that I played through early this year on my Steam Deck because I had been meaning to play through it for a while, hadn't gotten around to it. Um, I've had it since before it released, actually. I got in on the beta. Um, but it's called Lena's Inception. So the initial release date that it actually has is January 17th of 2020. So it's a couple years old. But this is a game that is, surprise, surprise, roguelite. <laughs> okay. But it's a Zelda-like so the initial design, yes. you if you're watching, you can see on screen. Um, it was intended to be like uh, Link's Awakening for the Game Boy. So I definitely see that. Yeah, it's you know very low color, pa- very limited color palette, like little tiny sprites, all that, and it's it sort of pokes fun at Zelda at the same time as it plays like Zelda, like you see on screen there. The dangerous to go alone old man has been murdered. <laughs> it's written in is blood. This is kind of graphic. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. This, okay. this game is like equal parts silly and dark as hell. And uh, <laughs> it's it's actually pretty cool. I ended up loving it. But it generates a different world every time you play. If you don't mm. like as long as you don't choose the same seed every time. Um, the name of the, the world you give it is the seed. If you try to name it Hyrule, it changes it to Don't Sue Me. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Nice. Um, and like it, it's just a fun game. When I initially played it back in early access, uh, it, it had a sort of jump feather mechanic the way Link's Awakening does. I don't think it has it anymore because I haven't seen it, but it broke the hell out of the game back then. So that's why I think they removed it is it made mm. everything a little too trivial. Either that mm. or the jump doesn't work as as it did before where you can't just jump over everything. Because you used to just be able to jump over trees over to the next screen and stuff and can't do that oh, anymore. Yeah. Is this like but an early access type game or is it just like a... It like a was when I or, initially yeah. got okay. it, but okay. uh, it was unfinished, so I never finished it at the time. I mm. beat it early this year and had a blast with it. It's really cool because the world map is randomly generated, save for a few places or like either on the east or western side of the continent. Um, the dungeons are all randomly generated. They're randomly placed on the map. It's uh, Items are kind of randomly placed for the most part. Like Depending on the dungeon, dungeons might have specific things you're supposed to get, but you can find different types of armors, uh, certain power-ups that are not dungeon-specific. That'll just... You can find somewhere in the world, you can find in a dungeon, you can find in somebody's house. They're just all over the place where they could be. Um, And it's funny, because there's a bicycle that lets you fast travel. And in both of the seeds I got today, it was like right out in front of uh, the, the first level dungeon in one of them, and very close to that in the other. Nice. And so I basically, in this video I recorded, I did one seed in the Game Boy style, just did the first dungeon, and then I went back and changed the settings to the 16-bit style and went back and did another hmm. seed to finish through the first dungeon. So right. it's it's pretty interesting the way it works. There's potions that you don't know what they do until you try them. The armors are the same way. You don't know what they do until you put them on. And the the whole selection of armors has all the different effects that the different potions would. Huh. So it's like having a permanent potion on. It's it's kind of interesting. So you can sort of mix and match your power ups, and it gives you three slots to assign different abilities or weapons or items or whatever have you. And then you've got your sword button and your shield button. 
So I mean, it's it's basically Zelda, right? Right. Just watch your guy that was running around with you literally just get yeah. Murdered. Lance gets murdered <laughs> in the room <laughs> that true. Lena is supposed to teach him how to use his weapon. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm enjoying. I this is this is cool. I think <laughs> I played this. I'm trying to. I think I might have played this, or maybe I played a, a game from the same developer. I swear I, I played. I played this. I think it's another far, game. Though. But I, I definitely, I think you know what it might be. It, it's the graphic style I think is throwing me because I probably played as a 16-bit style, so that's probably what it is. But yeah, I think I played this one, and this I just looked up the item list. Um, there is a spring that lets you jump, so they still have it in the game. So I guess okay. during your run, you just you just didn't get it. I guess. Yeah, it's entirely possible to miss things in a full yeah. run because not everything is necessary. Um, right. I think I had three empty item slots in my inventory at the end of the game. And it's, I think it also has like a trade function, like a trade mechanic, the way Link's Awakening did, where you get an okay. item and you got to go give it to somebody and then they'll give you something else that you got to go to give to somebody else and so forth till you hit the end of the chain and then you get a goodie, right? <clears throat> How's the but variety in bosses in this? Is there a good variety in, in bosses? Yeah, I only remember a couple of them, but I do remember that the bosses were pretty interesting. Some of them are much easier than others. Um, but I think when I was playing, I didn't have a hard time doing anything except like two dungeons. And one of them was the final dungeon. And that's because, uh, I don't know if you noticed at the beginning, but things sort of glitched out and got weird. That's mm, yes, by design. Like the mm. world glitches out in places. Okay. And that's part of As the whole meta aspect of the story in the game. Um, I like this. I was having trouble figuring out how this guy worked. You have to cut his uh, the chain on his ball and chain, and then the <laughs> ball goes flying, and then he's weakened, so you can hit him once. I like his name, Azra Flail. <laughs> yeah, Azra Flail. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And they all have like cheesy names, or they're kind of silly, or whatever. They're all called the uh, the Archangels. Mm. But yeah, there it's it's a lot of fun, and then it's got like different modes. So once you beat the game you unlock like eight other modes where like one is you don't get a sword. One is, you know, just do it as fast as possible. One's just a boss rush. You get one life. One's a boss rush. You get three health. There's right. different things that you can unlock, like that you can try and challenge yourself with to mm. go through multiple times. And then, you know, there's the story mode, which just changes the world layout based on the seed. And then there's even a daily seed. Mm. Oh, okay. And these, all these I, I, other modes, aside from story, have uh, a leaderboard. Hmm. I played a lot of uh, Link to the Past randos um, a while back. Yes. And I greatly yeah. enjoyed playing those. And if this basically is just that, I would probably really enjoy playing. I, I like to randomize locations of, of items and things like that, especially in like a, a Zelda type game. Where can you get this? Where can you find this game? Um, when I initially got it, I actually got it on itch.io well before it came out on Steam, but now it's on Steam <clears throat> and it's 10 bucks. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, it's a steal. Yeah, that, for that sure. Yeah. So sure. it's if you want a Zelda like for PC that's already randomized and you don't have to randomize it yourself every time you play, this is a good one. It's tongue in cheek humor. It's a lot of fun. It's tricky at times um and there's like if you want to be a completionist there's tons of stuff to do every playthrough if you want to be a speedrunner there's multiple options to speedrun it it's it's got it's got you covered basically nice very cool yeah this looks this looks really rad and actually i think i have played this i have it probably buried in my steam library i should give it more of a chance um to me when i look at nintendo and and what I think they should do with like top-down 2D Zelda, this is the kind of thing they should be doing. They should be doing a roguelike in the Zelda world. Uh, this game has done it. There's another game called, I think it's Super Dungeon Maker, where he plays a chicken, but it's basically linked to the past. And then um, there's a guy on Twitter, um, hopefully I say his name right, Aaron Polly, and uh, he did a ROM hack of the original Legend of Zelda that makes it a roguelike. It's, hmm. it's just goes so well with this genre of game and it gives us such infinite replayability. Uh, this should be done more. Uh, I'm glad this game has exists. I hope it sold well. 
and then he does more because I love this kind of, I love this style of Zelda. It's one of my favorite styles of Zelda games, and I love the roguelike aspect to it, and that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I, I just, yeah. I think the development yeah. was actually one person, and they had a composer, and then later when they added the 16-bit style, it was because he also hired an artist. So this is by Bitten Studio, B-Y-T-T-E-N. And okay. if you skip forward like a minute, you'll see the other art style that's more 16-bit instead of the 8-bit. Ah, yes, I have played and this. <laughs> it's, it's pretty drastically different when you're looking at yes. the gameplay. Like, it's... Oh, yeah. It no longer yeah. looks like Game Boy. Yeah. All the art style is fairly pretty. Yeah. Not that the Game Boy one isn't, but, I mean, it's a pretty jarring difference between a little, what, 16 by 16 sprite and a 32 by 16 sprite, right? Yeah. Right. No, that's that's yeah, that is, is, is a good. notable different different game. This is cool, and I mean it's it's pretty cool that they let you choose your art style. You can't do it on the fly; it has to be at the title screen. But right. you can choose which art style you want to play in. So, you know, if you don't like one, you can swap to the other, and you're still covered. <laughs> this this would certainly be something fun just to kind of sit down, plop down on the couch on the Steam Deck, and just rip yeah. through it or kind of mess around with it. I did yeah. <clears throat> Good choice, oh, man. I like it. was right in front of the dungeon one again. <laughs> so always find the bike in front of the first dungeon. Noted. Okay. It seems like, I don't know, <laughs> maybe I just happened to have it happen to me twice in one go. We're having a, a lucky day. It's a lucky day today. I'm thankful for this bike that keeps appearing in front of all the dungeons. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, that's going on my list because this looks interesting as hell. Um, and I like the, I like the glitchy nature. I like the, uh, you know, broken on purpose kind of look to it. That's, that's, that's mm-hmm. cool. And, uh, and of course it's Zelda, right? You can't go wrong with most Zelda, yeah. Zelda roguelikes. The, the hero kid, like they make yeah. it a point of like, he's got the diamond of power and you know, when he gets right. like, his name is Lance. His dad is like, you got to take the tunic. He, he, he's like, it's too soon. He's like, well, you're the last one. Like I'm dying, so you got to take the power and take the take the armor and all that. And he's like, okay. And then he immediately dies in the first level. And wow. by Lance, his name is Lance. <laughs> I love it. God, I That's love great. that shit. Those hidden little jokes and and shit is is I've, I love that stuff. That's that's some good shit. Yeah. All right. Well, in the essence of time, I'll go ahead and uh, we'll pass the uh, the talking stick over to Jake. And ask him, Jake, what retro-inspired game have you been playing lately that you would like to discuss? (laughs) Give me me a second. So I've recorded footage of my pick, but uh, I have it on private, so we can't pull it up in the secondary browser. We're killing it. It wouldn't be pressed view without technical issues. (laughs) You should do it. You're supposed to do it as unlisted. Would you like... (sighs) Is this something you can fix while I discuss mine? Yeah, yeah. No, we're we're good. I'm just going to steal something. Uh, I'm going to... Borrow somebody else's Borrow. footage and appropriately comment the, the uh, <laughs> credits like we do in our videos. That's what I'm Fantastic. Gonna do. Give me one second. I am picking Hello Retro Cartridges. Thank you. I will leave you a thing in the credits. Curse Crackers for Who the Bell Tolls or When the Bell Tolls. I, I don't know. The name is way too long. I don't like... I'm going to start by shitting on this game for just a, f- a few seconds. <laughs> I don't like what games have really long subtitles. It's really frustrating there's a few there's a few other games I've played this year where they are fantastic, lovely games, but then they have like a subtitle that's 50 characters long. It's not Lord of the Rings for fuck's sakes. It's a game. It's a game. <laughs> so Jake doesn't I don't even like know if it's a emo franchise. music titles noted. No, too long. Anyway, <laughs> he, he probably doesn't like crackers. any Panic at the Disco songs noted. Okay. Well, yeah. I, what, <laughs> what can I say? I'm a man of of of, of very specific S- short tastes. Simple tastes. <laughs> Like what can I say, on a Thursday? Um, Black and chicken crackers. and shorten, shorten game names. <laughs> yes, that's just it's a layer tapestry of Jake. Okay, <laughs> Curse Crackers. I I talked about this game. Game Boy looking game. <laughs> yes, I talked about it earlier this year. I think briefly as one. It's one of the few games I beat this year. I actually, and it's not very often I beat a game, and it's not a short one. It's a fairly lengthy game. But yeah, they've definitely gone for the Game Boy Color style. And I always like it when a, when a developer just embraces that style and they go full out on it. This feels like a, a Game Boy Color game, like very very much so. Um, Absolutely. Uh, 
it kind of speaks to me in the way like Shantae did. I love the original Shantae's graphical style, and this kind of feels like that, although somehow with less colors. But the one reason why I love Curse uh, Curse Crackers is the controls. The controls are so solid, and I'm a sucker for a platforming game that has tight controls. Like to me, this is just as good as the controls in the Messenger or Cyber Shadow and, and similar. It's just very super responsive. You jump, you can slide. Um, you have this like little bell-like creature. That's where this long-ass subtitle comes from, I guess. And he's a weapon. You can actually take your little bell bell friend and throw him at enemies. Or you can throw him at the walls or at the ground and you bounce off of him. And that's like a mechanic. It's it's almost, think kind of like Mario Odyssey and, and Cappy with the hat. But this is a 2D game. But I, I love how when you're traversing levels. In the beginning, it's optional. But later later stages in the game, you really have to like to navigate a, a, a spike pit. You have to like jump as far as you can, whack your bell against the ground, jump off it, and then leap off to the other side of the chasm. It's really fun, interesting gameplay. Very tight controls, and it's pretty solid. Um, it's The story is very fluffy. It's very cheerful. There's bad guys. The characters are pretty colorful. They're not... I don't remember their names. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that right now. But they, their design kind of reminds me of Skullgirls for those who played that fighting game, mm-hmm. in the style of what the graphics are done. But, but the dialogue is very cheesy. It's very anime ish. But the music is really solid and the gameplay is really great. There's I think it's I want to say eight worlds. I could be shortchanging it a bit, but it was it was a good six hours for me to beat this game. It was not it was not a short playthrough. And I didn't 100% it. There's a bunch of um, hidden coins and and swords and tomes. I believe it unlocks challenge modes. It unlocks something. I don't have the patience for it. But um, they're very well hidden throughout the stages. And it's pretty cool. And like lots of secrets. Like you're traversing the stages and you see like a wall that might be hard to get to. But if you use your bell to bounce off his head, you, you find like hidden doors and hidden chests all over the place. Like it just... It's just one of those games with super fast gameplay and just a lot of hidden stuff to find. It's really great. Uh, let me see if I find a boss for you because the bosses are pretty unique in this as well. Let me see if I can find the first boss. I do like I wish they my the, footage layer, worked. the layering in the background. Like while the character's running, you could see the parallax like, scrolling. Actually, yes. Yeah. So you can actually see some depth yeah. in the background on that. I thought that was It looks cool. like there's a good four or five layers of parallax there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those Game Boy style, but they, they, definitely go a little bit modern with it i'm i'm honestly kind of a sucker for good parallax in a 2d game (laughs) same same yeah it's it's always been i remember as a kid i remember playing master system games and when they'd have like four different parallax i was like this is beautiful (laughs) as long as it's done right Right, right. Yeah, some right. games do it awful. Like uh, there's a Ninja Gaiden weird. on Turbo Graphics, I think that had awful parallax. It was like nauseating. <laughs> there, I always think it's weird when some of them would do the thing where like the parallax would go the same direction as you, just faster. And I'm right. like, why is it going the same way I am? That doesn't make any sense. That's I'm assuming this is a so, boss fight we got here. Yeah, so for those listening at home, so I pulled up a boss fight. So in the game, the the enemies are mostly undead skeletons and the like. Uh, in this particular boss, it's a skateboarding skeleton, because why not? That's the kind of humor this game has. And uh, it, it's one of those, bount- you have to hit him three times to take him down, much like you know Mario does. But in this one, it does force you to use the bell character. You have to kind of whip the bell around this 360 level, hit him from behind, and then you can jump on his head and do, do a point of damage. And all the bosses are like this. One of the other bosses is, um, it's like a skeleton punk rocker, and he's got a guitar. You're on a stage, there's speakers, and he's blasting, you know, sound waves at you with his guitar, and he flies across the screen. You got to jump over his head, the whole whole bit. But the trick for him is he does a DDR style uh, prompt on the screen on this monitor in the background of, of the stage, and you have to punch in the DDR combo to stun him, and then you can damage him. So it's kind of things like that. It just all the bosses are, are pretty unique for what they are. Some of them get a little bit tricky, but because it's all like three hits and they're down, that they're taken down, it's not impossible. So even the trickiest, hardest ones are not that bad. But it's still overall a good a good challenge, I think, for a game. I'm going to turn that off now. But yeah, Curse Crackers, this Color Grave is the name of the company that made this. Uh, I don't know how big of a team they are. They've done a couple other games, but this is the one, the first one where I saw really solid reviews across the board for it. And the controls, I, I just can't believe how great these controls are. It's just a joy flying across the screen, bouncing off walls. It just feels really good. Nice. 
it it definitely has that Game Boy feel to it, Game Boy Color feel to it. I like the monocolor kind of palette that they put together for it, and yet it still moves really smooth for you know the current engines and stuff that we're working on. So both your games are pretty cool, and I I like. I, I like I just like the way they look and how the way they feel that curse crackers. If I was any better at platformers, I would probably be all about that one. But <laughs> I did I do like the challenge, like like you were talking about the boss battles where <clears throat> you have to hit him in the back while you're like trying to distract him, and it definitely adds that level of challenge to it. Um it's kind of like almost a puzzle, right? It's almost a puzzle that you're trying yeah. to solve while you're playing the matches, and I and I like the having to having a really big brain your way through all that stuff. So good choice there and that's one of the things i i used to always like from from the like the video games of the nes and, and snes area area era sorry the the best bosses like the best games I, are the ones that always had boss fights that had like a pattern in order to beat it right it, I, I always hated random attack patterns and bosses that never felt fair but if there's a pattern to beat the boss and if you could learn and, and figure out the pattern then it was it was an awesome encounter that's why i like the messenger so much and shovel knight as well because there's a pattern to how the bosses attack and you can learn and master that pattern. So this game kind of has that. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I just, I just, I love the callbacks to the Game Boy Color palette. I love the the controls. I love the just how it's like a classic Stomp Three to kill, but with a twist. Music's even solid. Like it's an all around great package. That sounds like a delicious beverage. Stomp Three with a twist. <laughs> I dig it. Both of these are great choices, gentlemen. I don't know if mine's going to hold up as well as as your guys's has. But uh, mine's pretty much in the vein of what you would expect from me to play. Um, <coughs> I went with a Metroidvanian um, that goes that is from a Spanish studio called The Game Kitchen, um, and it pulls from heavy, heavy, heavy religious atonement and punishment and suffering and uh, all of that fun crap. And of course, the title of that game is. None other than Blasphemous. Blasphemous is a Soulsborne type Metrovanian. It's a basically side scrolling Soulsborne game. Shocker. Chardmunk played that. No fucking shit, I did. It's uh Wait. it's a great game. Hit me. What when you, you hate yourself so much, oh, man. you have to you have to play a Soulsborne game, even in the 2D realm, not just 3D. Exactly. You know, yeah. when when the pain comes a call in, and that's all this game is based on. It's based on pain right. and guilt and regret, and, and basically that's how you level your stuff up. You 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 clear your guilt and you you murder things and drink their blood, or you put it in your helmet. It is such a weird game. This is such a bizarre, bizarre story. But it, again, this whole this whole thing takes place in a in a world called it's it's called Custodia or Cavistodio. It's it's a weird spelling, and I think it's probably something in Spanish. But um, <clears throat> you play as the penitent one. And you're basically a silent protagonist warrior that has risen from the dead that was slaughtered amongst thousands and thousands of your own silent warrior brothers. Um, and you take on some phenomenally drawn yet very creepily designed bosses and enemies. Yeah. Um, it's got the same kind of concept that if you die, then your guilt is left and you are you are tattered with guilt and it lowers your ability to do do magic or you know i don't think it takes away like your souls per se like in souls all your experience money that you get but it does take away your ability to use your magic bar as you can see up in the corner of the of the gameplay if, if for those who are watching there's like some brambles and what it'll do is every time you die that stretches out and it covers up more and more of your ability to do extra damage or extra magic attacks and I'm, I'm not sure if that carries to the health bar or not. I have not finished this game yet because it is extremely difficult. And I've tried and I've been playing it literally all week, seeing if I can finish it up. <laughs> I can probably put about, I don't know, three hours in before I'm like, all right, salt level is beginning to rise. I've got to put this one down for a little bit. Plays absolutely <laughs> amazing on the Steam Deck. And it, and it is a lot of fun. Once you kind of get the feel of it, but it is a Metroidvanian, and it does not hold your hand. There's a there's a lot of different paths you can go on, and some paths are stupider than others. I think I've played maybe two bosses that have some pretty unique boss battles. But it's the same thing with the with the patterns. Like once you learn the patterns of the boss fights, then they're they're kind of easy to take on and tackle. Um, great story, very in depth. Very there's a lot of lore. There's a lot of lore in this game. Every item you pick up. This is why Jake loves it. 
is literally got some kind of lore attached to it. And and when you does it literally it up, have items with descriptions with lore? Is that what does. it's doing? It does. I'm not kidding you. When you pick it up, it'll actually have a button to say press this to get lore. So it'll be like B lore. <laughs> <laughs> so you can press it and it will pull up a description of what that item is. But all of these pieces are all like some kind of religious base piece that you that you get right. to read about about what this thing is. Like it it it's not to the point of like I, I guess it tells a story. It's just like Souls, where it just tells the story within it. But you've got narratives, you've got people you talk to that tell you all about it. But yeah, I still don't understand what the hell's going on in this game, which yeah. which isn't exactly <laughs> why I'm playing it. But I mean, it was good enough they made a second one. Blasphemous two came yeah. out earlier this year. Um, yeah, it's recent. Yeah, it's it's fun. I like it. It's it's definitely got a lot of challenging, and I, and I really do appreciate. Uh, how much it's expanding as I've been playing it and finding more things and unlocking some things that I didn't know you can unlock. So it's it's just one of those knuckle to, down and put your head down and just get through it kind of thing. I don't want to call it pretty because it's pretty gruesome, but weird. As watching the video, there was like I think that's piles of bodies in the background, but there's a lot of parallax scrolling and it actually looks really good. The sprite work in this is very detailed. All those bodies again, not pretty. Are the but it's are the really well done. soldiers? That's where you are. That's where you are risen from. So that is okay. your brethren that you came from. That's like the start of the game as you like come out of that body, come out of that pile of bodies and you put on this this helmet that's very tall and spiky and is surrounded yeah. by thorns. And the character fills it with blood from a fountain and then puts it on his head and then you're off to the races. And I'm like, oh, so it's actually got a purpose. It's not yes. just it's a cup. Okay. It's a it's basically a religious artifact that these knights are all destined to wear and again it's okay. they're destined to wear these things to as to for penance for whatever you know whatever religion i mean it's it's i think according to wikipedia it is it is very much driven into the depths of like the catholic religion with obviously some extreme with some extremes uh, attached. Yeah. To it, so so um, yeah. really quick, I do want to mention, like I'm looking at the trivia for the character. Cause I remember actually seeing the, de the dev for this game poking around on Reddit, re like showing it off before it came out. And people mm. were pretty excited. Cause I hang out on the Metroidvania Reddit from time to time. And so here's some trivia. The penitent one's design is based on the San Benito the uniform used by some brotherhoods during Holy Week to display penance. His helmet also closely resembles a caperote, a long pointed hat that originated from the flagellant brotherhoods of Spain. So it's it's all very much derived from, you know, stuff that actually exists in our world. It's mm -hmm. not all just made up and just right. like, he's got a big long hat because that was neat. It's like, right. he's, it's actually got something it's inspired by and pulls from, yeah. right? Right. And it's from an order of monks cool that used to beat themselves during Holy Week. <laughs> right. It's, it's not right. just I mean, neat. It's all, yeah. Right. Like, I mean, this is, uh, it's, it's kind of like, uh, oh my gosh. What's that? The Spanish one, uh, the Mexican one. Guacamole. Um, Guacamole. It's like guacamole, but instead of pulling from it and making it silly, it's pulling from it and going super dark serious. Very right? serious. Did we, very did we dark, just compare very. guacamole with blasphemous? <laughs> I mean, I mean, they're both Metroidvanias. He's not wrong. They both pull from realistic <laughs> cultural impacts, right? Yeah. It's yeah. just one is yeah. like. You know, we're gonna make a Saturday morning cartoon style video game, and the other yeah. one is we're we're gonna make an HBO Max series style video game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very very true, very true. The design is is the, I, I love the compliments of of the real life like attachment yeah. to the game and and what it brings. Like every enemy has some kind of symbolicism to you know that specific religion. Obviously, completely overdone, but everything has an importance and everything isn't just like, Oh, we just pulled this name out of our ass. No, it's, it's actually like a thing. Um, yeah. I, and I appreciate what, uh, the game kitchen did to, to make this thing pretty legit. Um, there are some very like whole stuff in this game. Like I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. There's been some moments where I've been like, Ooh, but that was before, like I did some, some research and before I discussed it, because I didn't want to be like, I'm going in blind and just talking about a game that I think looks cool <laughs> and is fun to play. 
there's obviously some very important like symbolism that goes with this game and, and oh, I doc, it, this it, is it, heavy yeah right it's funny i've been watching <laughs> back to the future the last three days too so <laughs> there's something nice. wrong with the earth's gravitational pull in this game but um <laughs> if you guys game... like if you like souls challenge type games and and some pretty intense story lore this i would definitely recommend blasphemous and if you just like a good hack and slash metroidvanian i would recommend blasphemous but uh, don't say I didn't warn you. There is definitely some difficulty to it. But if you are good enough at it, it looks like you could beat it in six to seven hours. Do you think it's I easier or harder than Hollow Knight? I think this is easier than Hollow Knight, personally. Really? Okay. I, I had a it's, lot of yeah. trouble with Hollow Knight for some reason. But this yeah. one, I bet if I went back, it's probably the whole Bloodborne thing where I think it's harder than it actually is. And since I played all these other things, if I go back to it, I probably could be like, oh, no, this is way harder. Blasphemous is way harder than Hollow Knight, right. but as of right now, I feel more successful in Blasphemous than I did in Hollow Knight. <clears throat> hmm. This is one that I've had for, I don't, maybe about a year, give or take. I got it in a bundle, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, but I think part of it, like this was one of the selling points for that particular bundle for me, because this is one I've wanted to play. And right. I've had it installed on my Steam Deck since probably January and just have not fired this one up yet. Yeah. <laughs> this has been in the rotation for a while as well, um, but it really got a lot more love when I got the Steam Deck because it was one of those things where I was like, oh, shit, I have this. I could play this on the Steam Deck, and it plays great. It plays great on the deck. So I was out in my living room probably most of Thanksgiving <laughs> and most of the prior Thanksgiving yeah. trying to kind of you know really, really dig into this guy and, and get a good run at it so I could have something legitimate to talk about because this is a fantastic game but there is a lot of trap areas as you can see this area here these clouds are poison yeah. clouds and you have to like time oh. your jumps to get through them and uh it's not just fighting the enemies like the environment is is yeah. also your your puzzle to try and get through it so i i think it's cool that it makes it it's it's you know it's a metroidvanian it's not just enemies dealing with bosses and enemies and stuff it's actually dealing with the environment and trying to climb Climb up walls and time your jumps and do all that other stuff. <clears throat> so good game, good game, Blasphemous. Yeah, this that's is all I got. Is in a cage. It well, yeah yeah. There's babies. Uh, that's a cherub. It's a cherub and a lantern. Don't worry about it. Sure. Jake. <laughs> okay. All right. Don't worry about it. Is there a lore description about that too? I, no, Probably. This game looks great. I've been wanting to play this for a while. I think knowing that it was hard kind of put me off it though. But I played. I've played some harder games this past year and a half, so I, I definitely want to give it another go. I'm really glad it got a sequel. That's awesome for yeah. an indie game to get a sequel. It looked, the graphics, gory, but I can't say it enough. They look amazing. The sprite work here is just absolutely amazing. There's so many frames of animation. It's a very great looking game. Like it reminds me at a first glance, Symphony of the Night, but then way better. There's yeah. more detail in these, these enemies. Like it's just wild. That's probably another thing that drew it to me was how much I love playing something the other night. This had a very similar yeah. feel to that. So, oh, weird. I don't but know why I thought Blasphemous Two was a 3D game. Mm -mm. Oh. Nope it's it's it pretty much the same thing. Like I think this. you just get a different just weapon. And, yep, a little higher detail. Uh, definitely on my list. I'd like to play the Blasphemous Two, but I need to beat this one first. So let's get through this one before we start talking about sequels. One get at a time. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So that's I, my. I can uh, imagine. This is harder than Axiom Verge. Axiom Verge was a rough one for me. Oh, I loved Axiom Verge too. That was another one that I was like, do I want to do that or Blasphemous? Because I really, really like Axiom Verge. But I also didn't beat that one. So I was like, fuck. <laughs> I don't know which one to pick. <laughs> I haven't finished either of them. So yeah, when we when we were talking about this idea for this episode about retro inspired, we we deliberately didn't want to pick games that we've done episodes on before. Yeah. So that's why we didn't talk about the messenger, because everybody knows how much we love the messenger and Cyber Shadow yeah. and all that. Yeah. Or like even Shovel Knight. I don't even know if we did an episode on Shovel Knight, but the Shovel Knight is just, especially if you play the, actually, the treasure box end to end, I'd, it's so good. No, we haven't talked about Shovel Knight. And it's, that's got like four games in one with the treasure trove. And then you've got yeah. Shovel Knight Dig. And then I think there's like two other Shovel Knight games, aren't there? Like the Shovel Knight oh, anthology could probably be its actually, own episode, honestly. We should maybe look at doing an episode on Shovel Knight, the franchise, because it is a franchise at this point. Yeah, because they've wow. got the pocket right. dungeon or whatever, and then they've also yes. got uh, the fighting game, right? Uh, part of the treasure box, yeah, a treasure oh, trove. Oh, is that yeah. part of the treasure trove? Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, we should. Okay, we'll table that. <laughs> we'll, we'll do another let's episode on Shovel Knight. Let's not stretch this episode another two yeah, hours. Yeah, no, no, no. We're not talking yeah. about it. I'm just no, saying no, no, no. why we didn't mention those. the messenger. We're throwing that <laughs> yeah. out there. Like, this yeah. is why if you if you were expecting to hear us talk about a game, we we purposely stayed away, like Jake said, from games we've done episodes on or have right. taken a chunk out of another episode, like a decent chunk. Right. So, yeah. you know, if it we if have, it got yeah. like like we had these three tonight, it didn't make it tonight because we didn't right. want to rehash. Yeah. And there's already an episode about Sea of Stars, so unfortunately I can't gush about it as yeah. much as I wanted to. <laughs> that's another one, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's why, that's why, I mean, when I say indie games these days, I mean, I love indie games. They don't always necessarily have to be this pixel art style, but I always really appreciate when they pull pull from the inspiration from the retro era, right? The NES, mm-hmm. NES especially. Yeah. And it's really great. Like, see, yeah, the, all of them, Sea of Stars especially, does a really great job with the graphics. I mean, I don't know. We are a retro it's, podcast, so we're going to lean on the retro-looking type stuff. I think more. Yeah, it's it's just our well, age group. It's what draws us to it. You know what I mean? <clears throat> before before we move on, the other one, the other game I wanted to shout out real quickly is um, so Valheim. Valheim got yeah. a lot of flack when it first came out because people are like, "Oh, it's ugly. The graphics are bad." Like, no, they deliberately did a pixel 3d style that's reminiscent of the playstation era that's they kind of made a conscious decision to do that style of graphics and when you look at it through that lens it looks pretty good and it, it's like not it's not tomb raider but it's that tomb raider style of, of texture filtering and stuff and once you get into it, it i kind of dig it and it was interesting but i know that's the game where people didn't realize it was retro inspired in the aesthetic and that, i think we're going to see more of that in the, in the coming years as people when they consider retro, they're not thinking of the 2D systems that we had. They're thinking of right. PlayStation onwards. So it'll be interesting. Right. I got to say, Valheim was, we introduced Valheim during a very fucking tough time over in my my house last year around Christmas time. And Jake and Wolf and, and Brother of Sin and Sinistar and Sinistress, we all got it got together and we're running a hound and had like the greatest nights doing that stuff. Valheim is <laughs> a lot of fun. Great, yeah fucking low low key chill just want to shut the brain off and just have some fun with friends kind of game so i would yeah shut the brain and shut the goddamn door chard where's my turnips (laughs) you didn't shut the door i didn't eat your fucking turnips i didn't leave your goddamn door open trolls entered our base and ate my turnips but anyway (laughs) valheim valheim is is an awesome game with friends fantastic game a lot of fun yeah then like sailing the seas with your buddies Don't look for a troll. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. If you're looking, you won't find. <laughs> well, gentlemen, <laughs> we made it 45 minutes, which was our goal to not go beyond yeah. that. So I will be the warden of time on this particular episode. But first, we do have uh, some housekeeping that needs to be accomplished today since we did not get to oh, do it. Shit. Last Wolf's night. got notes. We're fucked. If Wolf's got. Yeah, well. <laughs> Make it under 15, my friend. Um, no, that's not a, notes. This, that's the list of games I had. Oh. <laughs> oh. This is a, it's a press B to cancel episode with a tap B to cancel kind of feel. So today we are going to discuss our next set of the top 100 games that we think you should all get off your ass and start playing. And once we've compiled the last, we're real close. I think we're up to like high 80s, low 90s right now, maybe. I think we're high close. 80s. Yeah. yeah. We're all well, almost there. Yeah. That's partly because uh oh yeah, we're we're up there. Holy crap. So yeah, we're yeah. like 90s, I think. <laughs> yeah. So GP is as put a bunch 80s. on the list and we're going to do an episode with GP hopefully in the next few weeks. And um, we're just going to go through catch up with GP's picks for the top 100, but we've added them to the list internally, so that's why we're getting very close to 100 down, which is good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Who would like to go first and talk about their top 100 game for the day? I mean, I'll go first. I, I went go. first on the oh. the cycle, so my turn again. All right. Well, sure. what oh. do you got, buddy? I am throwing out Dragon Force for the Saturn. Oh. Now, this oh, is a yeah, game. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, this is... It's a, it's a unique experience that I've never really seen replicated by another game. So it's... Uh, and there was a Dragon Force 2. It was never released in the West, but you know, if you go looking, you can find an English translation patch and do yourself a favor and play it. Um, but this is a game where it's massive. You've got like eight warlords vying for this continent to expand their countries and take over and prevent this evil from taking over the, the continent and the world, right? 
But as your warlords, you're sending generals out with different types of troops, at least in the first game. It's, you know, each general can have up to 100 troops of one type. And so it's kind of a rock, paper, scissors, but you've got like 20 different types of soldiers you can have, just one type per army. Uh, mm. In the sequel, you actually can mix like two or three types into your army. So you've just got like these armies of soldiers just running at each other because it's like a 3D battlefield mm-hmm. shown from the side, like a football field kind of thing. And you got these two armies just rushing at each other. And then they start fighting and killing each other off until one side, only one side remains. If you win with one soldier standing, you win. You take mm. that area. So that's it's that simple. So then you just got to like, let your general recoup his losses and try to find more soldiers over time. Hmm. But uh, it's really fun. It's got this really epic story. Each warlord has their own story points that where they interact with different warlords in certain ways. Some of them have histories, good or bad, and some of them don't even really know each other at all. And so they might get off on the wrong foot or something like that, or you can strike up an alliance with other ones and boom, now your empire has grown substantially just because you're friends, you know? <clears throat> so it's, it's really interesting. I love it. It's, it kind of takes the, uh, I guess the four X sort of style of gameplay and boils it down okay. to just the army interactions, right? Just mm. the battles. So mm. you got a general here. Somebody else's general comes running in. And then you got to fight them and they might have sent two generals. So as soon as you win one, you might have to fight another set. Like, right. And then every it, it's seven days of time. So a week of time in game, all this is happening. And then at the end of the week, your generals get awarded. They might get level ups. You can give generals boosts to the how much, what kind of armies they can use or who, how much they can have their stats, stuff like that. So it, it lets you level everybody up kind of as you choose. So if you have one general just popping off and killing all sorts of things and earning all sorts of experience, you can give those awards to whoever you want to shore up your weak weak points. So it's uh it, oh my god. It almost sounds like Ogre Battle. I don't know if you played that one before, Wolf, yeah. but the thing it, with Ogre Battle though is you have much RPG? smaller units. It, yeah, but it's like the map is real time as you send your units across the map and when they bump into another an enemy battalion, they they have a fight. And you have very limited control over that fight. It's mostly they duke it out. But Dragon Force yeah. is much bigger scale of battles. When I watched the videos of this before, like seeing hundreds of, of sprites on the screen doing duking it out is pretty awesome. It's pretty epic. Yeah, you but it got reminds me somewhat of Ogre just, Battle. Yeah, yeah. Like it, <laughs> just, it just feels really also epic. Have abilities like each general has a special power, so they might just send like a massive cool. shockwave through like a you know and wipe out twenty four soldiers on the other side before they even meet. So it's it's pretty cool the kind of stuff that happens in the game. Yeah, and the it kind of reminds me of another awesome. game is um, the Three Kingdoms uh, action games that are really popular, like Hyrule Battle, Hyrule Warriors, and the other oh, di- like Dynasty the Warriors. Dynasty Warriors, almost like that, like a precursor to that kind of in a way, mm-hmm. or just the a massive zergs of it's armies. Like, yeah, yeah, like I guess you could kind of similar it, it's a, s- compare it to those. But it's like hands off, completely hands off, right? Right. Like you can tell your soldiers to all go south, all go north, all go to the middle, all rush, whatever want. But that's basically it. You, you kind of got like the highlight board of I want you to do this, and then they all just all over here, all down here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's how that's how I move around my house. Wow! Wow! I just I love the beginning of the battle because you just hear all the soldiers just. <laughs> dozens of yells and screams as they run yeah. into each other and nice it's you know i'm kind of surprised looking at the video of this game now i i feel like this would do well with a modern take on it, another modern spin on it. i'm kind of surprised this didn't get a a successor or a reboot of some kind who was the developer well, of this one it wasn't sega was it i don't think so i know it was released in the west it was published in the west by uh working designs who initially did the game, though? Well, working Designs did this? It, uh, yeah, Working Designs brought it, it over to the yeah. West, but uh, right. it was... Oh, yeah, I guess it was. Well, maybe it was Sega. Yeah, it was Sega, 3D okay. Ages. Huh. huh, interesting. So, I mean, this is one of those franchises yeah. that Sega would be wise to bring back, in my opinion. They've got so many franchises just yeah. sitting there collecting and, and, dust that I would love to see come of, back. 
Instead of pumping this life into Sonic over and over again, let's bring back some of the old franchises. <laughs> they I mean, got they lots of IP. Got Sonic. Now, maybe now that they finally got Sonic right, they'll start dedicating resources to some of their other dead franchises and let those flail around for a while until they get them right, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop just putting a fresh coat of paint on Mario RPG and releasing it at full price. And let's, let's actually do some work. <laughs> I'm not bitter about that at all. Okay. Anyways... Good choice. I like it. I like it. I, I I like that. Um, it's not something that you'd see every day. It's not something that we would discuss quite a bit of. And uh, I think, like you said, brushing off a lot of these older, um, lesser known type games like that coming out brings it to light so that people can go and check it out and it can get the love that it re- it deserves because that lo- does look like a very very cool um, ogre battle slash uh, dynasty warriors kind of hybrid mix of of uh, war strategy i think that's a yeah pick <clears throat> jake what do you um like? i'm gonna pick a system that we've neglected in the top 100 for sure me and char we, we haven't picked any of them the system yet why why i've been ignore, ignoring the genesis i don't know but uh-huh, yeah. i'm gonna pick again <laughs> uh beyond <laughs> oasis for the genesis ah uh, so yes I, there, there's a lack of RPGs on the Genesis. There, there's not that many, but the ones that there are on the system are all pretty good. And this is an action style uh, adventure kind of RPG. It's more like Zelda more than anything else, but it's definitely it's a unique take on it. And also really large, very well done sprite work in this game. Yeah, all the enemies, bosses, even the main character. It's a very large detailed sprite. It's really quite well done. But I also like the music in this game. Which mm-hmm. is, a, I don't want to say orchestra, but it's it's a higher quality music than you would you would expect to hear on the Genesis. And I love the Genesis music, but it has a very distinctive sound. This kind of goes across against the trend of Genesis music before it, and does something very close to what maybe you would hear on the Super Nintendo. It's it's really quite well done. Uh, this the story you're basically you're Prince Ali, and you're basically uh, exploring the land, uh, trying to capture these find these um, four spirits to help you you know save the kingdom. I'm not going to dive into the lore of it. Read a book. <laughs> but what I like about this game, what I like about the game though is it's the uh, the map is quite large, and it's not full free to explore. It does kind of you you do follow a path through it, but there are areas where you kind of explore the open the overworld, and there's definitely within the dungeons hidden paths you can take. But it's not fully explorable like Link to the Past. So you're not going to get lost playing this game, or at least you shouldn't. Um, but it's, it's, I think about 12 to 15 hours to beat. I remember when I first started streaming, I had a list of top 10 sales of games uh, for each platform. And this is one of the best selling games in the Genesis that when I did the list and I forced myself to beat it because at the beginning, there's a, a few spots that were quite difficult, but once you've, you've unlocked the spirits and you've gained their abilities, it becomes a lot easier of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I just fell in love with the artwork. The art style is so good and beyond Oasis and the combat's fun. It's like streets of rage. Like a, like hack and slash, but a top down view. There's there's special moves you can do like a flash kick style move with your dagger. It's really cool. There's like disposable weapons you can use, like swords and bow and arrow and whatnot. It's just it's just a really fun exploring game. It was Breath of the Wild before Breath of the Wild was Breath of the Wild. <laughs> kind of yeah, but it's <clears> it's <throat> just it's great to see like the RPGs that are on the Genesis. I think hold their own against the Super Nintendo stuff. I mean we all love Chrono Trigger. Don't get me wrong, but and I love Link to the Past, but I, I do love my Genesis, and this game I think hangs with Link to the Past. It's it's a great one. This is a this is a sleeper kind of game. I, I like the puzzles in this game. Like you said, it is very Legend of Zelda E and the puzzles aspects where you have to utilize the spirits to you get a lava or like a fire spirit that helps like put some things out, or you have to like melt something with him because of the ice, and you get a water spirit that will allow you to put out fire to walk past some stuff. It's right. got a lot of really cool puzzly aspects to the game which are, again, as Jake mentioned, pretty challenging, but they also fight with you. Like, you can utilize the spirits to come mm-hmm. in and fight while you're doing your thing. So you always got, like, some kind of companion to uh, to beat stuff up and work through it. Good story. Um, way less farty bass on this Pacific. It is very orchestrated-type yes. <laughs> music. It's it's actually one of the better soundtracks, I think, out of that came out of the Genesis next to uh, Fantasy yeah. Star 4 that we discussed last week. Um, or not last week, but a couple weeks back. It's funny, me and Jake Jake mentioned that there's not a lot of like RPGs, but all, most of the Genesis games we've selected are all RPGs <laughs> for the Genesis. <coughs> 
you can tell yeah, where, our, I know. where our priorities lie in the Genesis lifespan. But um, I, I, I think this is a great game. This is this is an awesome selection that needs to be on the top 100 for sure. So uh, I completely yeah. support this decision. You guys have no idea how close I came to mentioning the the prequel for the Saturn of this for the list at some points. I can't so close. Yeah, I but, know. You know what? I really want to play that Saturn game because it looks great. I just have never gotten around to it. But you've you've mentioned before uh, the the prequel to Beyond Oasis and yeah, Saturn I've, was pretty. I've dope. not played Beyond Oasis. I've only played Legend of Oasis. Mm, That's it. Right, but. I mean, it sounds like they have tons in common. It's just Legend of Oasis is probably just prettier and better music, right? Yeah. Yep. That sounds about right. <clears throat> Good choices, guys. Good choices. Again, as I as I fucking caboose this train, I don't know if I'm going to be able to top the choices that were thrown before me. But I'm going to go with a, uh, a little-known arcade game that was distributed and made by Capcom. Um some of you may have heard of it. Some of you may have not have heard of it, but we're going to go with Darkstalkers. Uh, Darkstalkers is a uh, co-op 2v1 1v1 fighting game that was, uh, God, what, mid-90s mid that it was released. Definitely 90s, yeah. Yep. It's a very mm. 90s aspect where the creatures that you fight are basically monsters, but they're like legendary monsters but their own japanese spins so you have dimitri the vampire that is taken from you know dracula you have uh victor who is the frankenstein's monster and you've got the black lagoon creature and uh lily which was a uh a japanese ghost type character that you could play as um all of them have super cool aspects to the game there was a it was faster than street fighter when it first came out it was kind of just this homage to all these creepy, goofy kind of characters that ended up getting three different fighting games that followed up. And for some reason, I think because it's such a bizarre fighting game, I absolutely love it. It is one of my favorites. It's obviously got everybody's favorite female character that you can play on <laughs> most of the Capcom <laughs> games whose name eludes me right now. But you know who I'm talking Morgan? about. Morgan? Morgan, that's the one. Morgan, yeah. Yep. And she makes her appearance on several of the Capcom versus, I think she's in SEK. She's definitely in a Capcom versus Marvel. Um, and yeah. she is extremely apparent and, and kind of the the flagship character for Darkstalkers beyond the game itself, which is ironic because when Darkstalkers first came out, fun fact, uh, the story was based around Dimitri, who was the vampire character. And it all kind of starts with Dimitri saying, I'm going to open up my castle and all these creatures are going to come and fight and they're going to try and do these things. And for some reason, the guy that was supposedly the boss or the villain of the game was the main character of the game. So when they released the other ones, they're like, this was dumb. We shouldn't have done this. <laughs> and and Japan and, and Amer the USA had kind of they had different they didn't have differences of opinions but they called things differently had a different name and, and for no other reason other than they just called it different names it wasn't like they were battling anything out or they didn't like something that was done they just did it that way it was some weird bizarre thing so when you get the capcom fighting collection you will see that there are four different star dark starker games within there but there's not <laughs> there's really only three but they have different yeah. stories and different names uh, attached to them so um yeah like the like the third game was split into two different versions. Think like Pokemon Red and Blue, but mm -hmm. a fighting game, I guess, in arcades in Japan. So you had one which me. had half the characters and the other half in the other game. It was very weird. Yeah, bizarre. It was it's a bizarre yeah. layout and it's very hard to track because this like the second Darkstalkers was basically Darkstalkers one. But you can play as the two boss characters that you fought in the yes. first one. They were available to play as, but everybody else was the same. And this and instead of being Dimitri being the the main character it was more focused on morgan being the main character and then it kind of just expanded from there um the characters are all cool the designs are really cartoony and kind of goofy yeah. like when you set someone on fire it's kind of got that hannah barbera warner brothers like oh you caught me on fire face like when they get burnt by something and if you look <laughs> at like a lot of the different designs of the characters when they attack or when they jump there's there's a heavy emphasis on the Wiley e. Coyote faces and the Bugs Bunny faces. <laughs> like 
it, it's really actually quite clever and there's such small details to it that you don't notice it but we they got away with it and it was such a great game and and a fantastic fighting game that i felt like it absolutely had to be up on the top 100 because it it did a lot of things yeah. before it became super popular beyond dark stalkers and I, I almost would suffice to say the Darkstalkers is not talked about enough that it could be considered an arcade hidden gem. Oh. It's interesting because the like Capcom has been on a tear lately. Like they've been they've been doing great with all their franchises and and whatnot, from Monster Hunter to Resident Evil and all that. And they just released Street Fighter Six, which I think has sold really well for them. I hope it's enough for them to kind of go back to the nineties period and look at some of the other games they tried. Cause in the nineties, they had various franchises that they experimented with and dark stalkers is one they kind of left behind. You're right. They absolutely used Morgan a few times and as a guest character in other games, like the versus series, but they haven't done a proper dark stalkers game. I think since the nineties. And that was always a shame to me. So I'm hoping with, with street Fighter six being more lighthearted, more cartoony, more like a little bit more, a little more cheesecake than the the more super serious Street Fighter Five and Four. That maybe they'll look at Dark Stalkers to be a, a get an updated entry because I'd love to play Dark Stalkers again. Like it's, the, but the original holds up. Like I have it on my machine behind me. Like I, I I play it all the time with my kids. It's it's a really fun game. They like the characters. Sasquatch I think was in one of them and is fun to play. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, I'll tell you this: this is one of the fighting games that taught me that's not all about the fireballs and the special moves because in Dark Stalkers each of them is animated so well and so differently the various because it's a, it's a six button fighting game like like street fighter but each of the normal moves you do have very distinct hitboxes and dark stalkers kind of got me out of the mindset of i don't need to throw hadoukens all the damn time use the, right. use the normals they all have their different use and that game taught me that so it's, it's a really mm. great game it's it simplifies a lot of the harder stuff that you can do that you would be busting your ass in either Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter or something like that. It made the game a lot more accessible to people that weren't like, I'm gonna spend hours learning how to dragon punch. No, you just they kind of just throw you in there and it made it a lot more simplistic that you can get to the game a lot faster. And I think that's what made it so much more gripping for me. Was it didn't take me hours to figure out every single character's moves. You can do anything with any one of them. It just took you a while to kind of, you know figure out the flow and how everything worked. Um, but uh, yes, Darkstalkers, highly recommended arcade co-op. They have it on Steam available. You can buy it in their arcade beat-em-up pack. Um, the Capcom Fighting Collection, I believe is what it's called. And you can get all of them from one to five or three or whatever you want to call it. It's like Final Fantasy. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but it's there. Great. There you go. That's, oh, there's that's a number my... of games in that that collection, huh? There is. There's a, a good lot collection. of hidden hidden yeah. games in that. Uh, and it's got Puzzle Fighter good. and mm-hmm. Gem Fighter. Yep. Oh. It's, yeah. It's a really, really good uh, fighting um, group of games. It's got some really good stuff on there and stuff I've never even played before that I really like, like the Cyborg Battle, Cyber Battle game. Oh, Cybots. Cool. That's yeah, another one. Cybots. That Capcom kind of ditch. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And one character makes his appearance on several fighting games from Cybots, but he doesn't actually fight in Cybots because you're fighting as giant robots. So when they included right. him on any of the later Capcom versus Marvel games, you're like, who is this guy? His yeah. his Jin. moniker is and yeah, Jen. <laughs> he's in his monikers in Cybots, but he plays as a Cybot, not himself. So yeah. I thought that was a pretty cool callback when I figured that out. Huh. So recommended. I should have just put that stupid thing on the goddamn. Good top recommendation deck. there. Has all of them in there. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> the collection's not retro. We need to go back to the original release. That's so That's Dark Stalkers counts. Fighters That's collection is, is only a couple years old. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, we did it. We made it an hour. We're we're we did a we did a press B light today. Which I think when we first <laughs> talked about doing this show, we were only going to go an hour every single episode. And we always go at least an hour and a half or two. So, especially lately. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, short and sweet. Yeah. We love it. So, uh, uh, I do got one thing to call out before we wrap up, though, Charlie. Yep. Hit it, Jake. What do you got, brother? Uh, so, I mean, GP's been away. He'll hopefully come back in, in the, I think, next month is the plan. Um, but he did do, uh, he's got a kind of a tradition going with Sinistar where he does a, a he's not calling it a speed run, but he does a playthrough of a game that Sinistar picks. And Sinistar picked uh, three games. He got a bit greedy. That's okay. He picked X Mega Man X1 through 3. So the first video of, of GP playing through Mega Man X1 is up on the channel. 
And the other two videos for two and three come up next week. So keep an eye out for those. The first one seems to be doing pretty good. Um, I love how GP starts by saying, I'm not going to speed run this. But he and then throws dash on run. R button and he beats it in an hour. So that's not a speed run specific. It totally strat. That's is. A make the game playable strat. Look, well, if you're a casual you player, you, you leave the controls with default. The a button on a SNES controller. No, I, I, honestly, I dash. I dash with that thing. I use an arcade stick. Oh, well, but like, uh, but if you're using, it's, but it's fine. <laughs> My thumb doesn't have enough joints to do that horse shit. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, who needs dash? Why is there dash in a Mega Man game? Way too easy to accidentally do. So just, you got to put it on R. I'm sorry, but I no. just listen. I just double tap the D pad and we're good. Solid. Yeah. That's a solid. Dash. That's a Capcom messed up their layout problem, <laughs> not a speed run. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I I am excited to 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 piggyback an announcement that um, GP will make his triumphant return next month. Um, we're hoping beginning of the week, but again, no pressure on him coming back at any time. When he's ready, he'll be ready. We've missed <laughs> oh, him dr- dr- very, very much. We've missed having GP here, and we're very happy to have him back. So I'm pumped to see. I didn't realize him December return. was next week. It is next week. <laughs> Shit, it is next week. Ugh. Yes, we are quickly approaching the end of 2023, which has been. See, you don't a have Thanksgiving to remind you. Exactly. Your Thanksgiving is like, this hey, is it's where almost begins. Halloween. I got, yeah, I got it's a reminder four more for weeks of work left, and then we're <laughs> shutting down for a week, two and a half weeks. So I'm ready to go. So, <laughs> all right, guys. Okay. Fantastic episode. Thank you so much for uh, coming to check us out on your post Thanksgiving, post Canadian Thursday. We appreciate everybody, <laughs> single one. Oh, sorry. On this, the day of the cashew. Um, which National also Cashew Day. Get it right. Respect for them day. nuts. You it's very important. <laughs> Respect these nuts because cashews are amazing. <laughs> um, Jake, is there anything you would like to add that you got coming up here? Comes pretty soon. No, I just started getting into DaVinci and, and figure out how to use that program. I threw together a stupid 60 second video on TikTok <laughs> with the controller I put together and got artwork for. I'm hoping to do some stuff in the new year. I think that's my plan. But for now, I'm just glad GP has a few videos that we put up on the channel. They're doing really well and just find me here. And Wolf, what about you? You got anything coming up here in the future? Um, not at the moment. I've been like, like I said, Rapunzel upstairs because my feet haven't been working so great. Like one messed up foot, the other messed up knee. So it's only the last few days that I've been able to traverse the stairs without needing the rail to assist me. So fantastic. Well, so we're glad. Hopefully, you're on the but no promises. Love it. And I will be trying to make my triumphant return to Twitch this weekend with the uh, premiere of Alan Wake 2, um, which I picked up today. And uh, since it's gotten so much love from the Video Game Awards and from subsequent people around it, I thought to myself, you know what? We should give it a run. So you might see me on Twitch this weekend. If not, you will definitely see me soon as I am making my plans to make a triumphant return. The new house, two new puppies wife surgery there's been a lot so things are starting to wind down so freedom will be back in uh in control in this house real soon so i will see you guys back on twitch here hopefully tomorrow hopefully tomorrow and with that i guess we'll go ahead and call it an episode guys send us out we love every single one of you happy thanksgiving happy national cashew day and to your friends and families have a wonderful evening Everything new is old again. Thank <laughs> you.